You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. It's a great pleasure to have such an interesting group of people assembled today. Today is one of our special roundtable discussions, and we're going to be focusing on a very special topic. But let me tell you who's in the room first. Rachel Owens, who is co-founder of TriCircle Financial Services, is here. Michelle Richardson, CEO of ACR Builders. John Offer, who is past president of Institute for Supply Management, is in the house. So it's great to have three people who are going to be able to talk about women business enterprise certification and the multiple benefits and strategic marketing tools it might be for your business. If you'd like to find if it's right for you, stay tuned, and we'll answer those questions in just a minute. Before we get there, I'd like to let you know that our sponsors make this all possible, and they are Center Club, Community Bank, Decision Toolbox, Executives Unlimited, MBN Design, SNH Rubber, Strategic Market Intelligence, SunUp Group, TN Company, Tone Software, Turn Up the Volume, and UPS Protection. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs running middle market firms, to make more improved decisions. To connect with me on LinkedIn, I am Richard Rick Franzi. CEO Peer Groups is my Twitter handle. On our on your favorite podcasting software, type in these four words, Critical Mass Radio Show, and you'll get our weekly updates of the various shows that we do. And don't miss our YouTube channel, which is simply Richard Franzi. All right, well, the three of you, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show. Thanks so much, Rick. That was Rachel. <laughs> Thank you, Richard. There you go. Rick. That's good. Rich, Richard, doesn't matter. Whatever. That's Michelle. And this is... Thank you. That's John. All right. Let's get started. Uh, and, John, I'm going to ask you if you would start us by, what is Women Business Enterprise Certification, or known as the acronym WBE? So I speak from the perspective of my background, which is not only the Institute for Supply Management, but also the uh, one of the regulated industries in California, the electric utility industry. So we would define it in California as a business that is 51% or more owned uh, by a woman and also managed and controlled by that woman. Okay, and is that a definition that you're institution institute or the organization that you work for has defined or is that a universal definition i would say it's relatively universal Uh, the certifying entity that we deal with in my industry would be the california public utilities commission and so that would encompass all of the types of utilities that exist in california such as water Uh telephone wireless, electric utilities, and so forth. Okay. And so this is a very clear recognition that there are businesses that fit that model and that they should be identified as such given they go through a certification process. Is that true? Absolutely true, yes. Okay. So let me ask you a question off script. Why is that important? Well, we find uh, that there's a great value, a a business value that happens when we have diversity in our supplier community because you get different thinking and different different ideas and innovation out of that. Okay, great. All right, well, uh, as I said, we have two other people here in the studio, so we're not just not the John Show here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Listen to live on octalkradio.net. Michelle, as as a practitioner and a business owner with ACR Builders, can you first tell me, Are you WBE certified? We are WBE certified. We have a certification through Women Business Enterprise National Council, 
And that's a mouthful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, we bank, and we we're, so we are certified as a women business, women business enterprise. Um, most of our clients, we don't do a lot of well, we don't do any public utility type work. They we use um, we have national corporate clients, okay, and they um, do like to have diversity, not just women business enterprise, minority business. There's a whole variety. Of certifications you can get. So let's talk about the advantages or at least the benefits as you've seen it, because I'm sure as with any certification, there was a certain amount of time, energy, and possibly cost that you had to go through to, to make the qualifications? There was a lot of time, energy, and cost. Um, the benefits for us, I find to be it's that extra, if somebody's going through a checklist of this is what I need a contractor to have, um, it's just one more item they can check off the list or that, that gives us, if all things are equal, it's something we have that somebody else doesn't have. And okay. um, a lot of corporations would like to have diversity so that it kind of matches what their their client base is, um, their, their investors. Um, so it, it gives us some opportunities. And how much do you feature the WBE certification in either your marketing, your sales, or just talk to me about the front end of the business and how, how you feature that? We have... Um, WBE, One Business Enterprise National Council, has their logo that we're allowed to use. Um, okay. So it is on everybody's email signatures. It is pretty much any submittal that we send out, any bids that we should send out, marketing material. It's on the back of all of our business cards. We promote it as much as possible. Have you been, can you identify business that came your way because of the certification? <laughs> yeah. And, um, about two months ago, it's probably been about three months ago now, we received an email from Target Corporation that they were uh, looking for contractors and not quite sure how they got our information because we had also been marketing to them through other channels uh-huh. and um, went back and met with them and you know, how did they get our information and they had actually gone to Women Business Enterprise National Council's website and they can download, we're in a database there and they downloaded contractors in California and of course we still have to perform and um, go through a whole list of other qualifications to um, become a vendor for them. But the opportunity was came up only because of our certification. Wow, that's amazing. I'd like to introduce our, thank you, by the way, I'd like to introduce our and bring in Rachel Owens, who's a past guest and a big supporter of Critical Mass and Tricycle Financial Services. So, Rachel, let me ask you this question first. Is uh, Michelle's recent experience with Target, uh, is that typical? Do, uh, do you find large corporations are looking and actively seeking out More and more large corporations are indeed creating diversity programs within their supplier network, and many of them actually have diversity managers whose job it is to help facilitate direct introductions to the right department or purchasing um, person within their corporate entity. Um, I know from the Metropolitan Water District that when they started this program, about 20% of their contracts went out to uh, women business, minority business, disabled vet, and they said they saw as much as a 25% savings wow. in some of their contracting. So they continue to be a very large supporter of increasing the diversity of their supplier base. Yeah, that's that's a very bottom line oriented benefit of it, isn't it? It isn't truly it? is. Okay, so you've talked about several different types of certifications. Uh, let, let's. I'd like to bring it back to maybe for right now. WBE, from your experience, what kind of businesses are eligible for this certification? Well, any business is eligible. I know when we first talk to a business about whether it makes sense for them, we want to talk about who their market, 
who their target is. Okay. Uh, if they want to sell to homeowners, then this probably isn't a certification that they need. If they want to sell to the likes of Target or to the public utilities, then and they qualify, having the certification could possibly open additional doors for them. Is there a size or a length of time? I mean, are there any of those type of parameters around it? The only qualifying issue with time is that you need to have been in business six months or more. Okay. Okay. So that's a relatively short period. Um, the certification does not verify that you are competent or that you're profitable. What it is certifying is that you are woman-owned, woman-managed, and woman-controlled. Okay. So, sort of what John talked about sort in the of open. What John, so I have seen cosmetic companies, large contractors, um, a woman who sells tires and construction-type tires, and they're $100,000 kinds of um, products that she sells, um, okay. a woman who does ball bearings that go into the oil well, oil rigs, and wow. she sells them by the, I don't even know how Probably many. Probably by the ton. By yeah. the ton, I would guess. <laughs> right. That's right. And they manufacture them literally right here actually out in Ontario so it's almost any field it depends on who your market is okay John uh, Rachel mentioned several others um, minority I think she she mentioned veteran did I hear that Uh, yeah so from your experience are there other certifications and how do you look at those as a part of the diversity program there are so under the general umbrella of of a corporate social responsibility program the diverse business enterprises that we do business with are, are very important to us. And so some of the other categories that exist out there uh, would be service-disabled veteran-owned and controlled enterprises, in addition to the women enterprises, minority enterprises. And so there's a wide range um, of different organizations, uh, particularly within the, the minority-owned uh, associations there's there's many different um, ethnicities represented with their own professional organizations just like uh, we bank that michelle is mentioning interesting have you seen suppliers then who have multiple certifications i would think they could be uh... we we do occasionally one one of the uh, i would hold out a success story uh, that we've experienced over at my corporation is we we have a company that we have had great success with as a supplier and they are jointly owned by a man and a woman. Uh, the man is slightly the minority owner, and he's a disabled veteran. But the woman owner is a Native American. Wow. And so one of the things that we're able to do under the, the regulations that we live with uh, as a regulated entity is that we, we are able to more or less mix and match how we take credit for our spending with uh-huh. the different types of diverse enterprises. So we might reduce the disabled veteran spend amount a little bit in a contract that we had with them and increase the Native American spend. Okay. So we have goals at our corporation for every sort of diverse business category that exists, and we, we work very, very hard to, to meet, meet and exceed those goals. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's something that is the is the another reason why it's good to go through the certification process because there's mar- money earmarked specifically to try to allocate to those. All right. Well, now we're peeling back the onion here a little bit on Critical Mass Radio Show. We're going to take our first commercial break on the show. When we come back, we're going to continue the 
conversation here. We're gonna I'm gonna ask a provocative question, probably of uh, Rachel, and then I'm gonna ask Michelle for a little bit of feedback. And that's can a woman and a man own a business and still apply for WBE? So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors. Richard Franzi is the author of two popular business books for CEOs. His first book, Critical Mass, The Ten Explosive Powers of CEO Peer Groups, was the first book ever written on the secret value of CEO peer groups. His second book, now with newly updated information, is Critical Mass, The Power of CEO Guiding Principles. Richard's books contain powerful information to help CEOs running middle market companies gain valuable insight to improve their decision-making skills. Richard's books are available as paperbacks or Kindle versions from Amazon.com. To find them, type Richard Franzi in the search box. I just wanted to share with you my experience as a member of Center Club in Costa Mesa. Many of you know that I've been a member of the club in for over four years now, I hold my monthly CEO peer group meetings, my annual executive conferences, and my daily meetings at the club. I found the staff to be professional and courteous. My guests enjoy meeting at the Center Club with its newly remodeled meeting rooms, dining rooms, and common areas. If you're looking for a place to conduct meetings, host events, or meet some of Orange County's most successful business owners and leaders, then consider joining Center Club in Costa Mesa. For information regarding club membership and private events, please visit the club's website at www.center-club.com. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results, a cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. And welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. We're talking all things women business enterprise certified today here on the program. It's one of our special roundtable editions, and we have a great panel people of talking here. We've got another couple segments to really dig into it. But before we do that, I just want to let you know that all of our shows can be heard as podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher.com, Spreaker.com, several hundred former guest websites, companies whose CEOs have been on our get, on our show and they've put the interview on their website, as well as various other business-oriented podcasting services. Each month we have several thousand downloads of the various podcasts, and hopefully you'll become a regular listener as well. All right, as before the break, uh, Rachel, I'll start with you. I said, you know, can, can we... Is it possible for a man and a woman who own a business to still apply for a WBE? We, we heard minority, majority. How's that work? Well, the woman must at least control 51%. What do you mean by control? I mean the shares of the company need to be issued in her name. Okay. So that's control. Okay. Um, she Typically, the certifying entities want to see that she has the highest office 
within the company. Like CEO, like Michelle has? Like CEO, like Michelle has. um, And that she is involved in the day-to-day management and the executive decisions that are made for the company. How do you prove that or or demonstrate that? Well, how you prove that, how you demonstrate that, that your resume is is submitted as part of this, and in your resume you're documenting what you're... duties and responsibilities within the company are. Uh, your company history needs to de- to describe how you got to this point okay. and became owners. Um, I will tell you that about half of the people who, half of the husband and wife teams that come in to talk to me about that we're going to do this because we've run this company together all this time and now we're going to do some changes, about half of them turn around and never come back. The, Why? Well, if the family just doesn't want to either not be fifty to not be fifty fifty. Oh, okay. Right. Or they're not willing to make the commitment to the things that not, are required. That's correct. Okay. Um, but it's not unusual for a husband and wife team, particularly, to see her running almost everything, and he's doing the physical work of whatever the company is providing. Okay. Um, but there are times that he doesn't want to give up that president just kind in of case thing yeah right out there in right. the marketplace guys with their egos um what role do you play then you're not the certifying entity what is your role um, in your firm through um tricircle financial strategies we will help a company put together their certification packet okay. so we take them through the whole process it's it's a rather long and involved process which i'm sure michelle will share a little bit about her experience with it okay. um, i have seen where we've had to refile tax returns because even though the woman owns 60 percent of the shares they've been filing their tax returns as 50 50 owners and um, they don't do company minutes and so there's a lot of things that are involved in putting a packet together currently working with a second-generation business, and their packet's going to be about six inches thick Jeez. before it gets submitted. Okay. And the agency that reviews and approves is? There are a couple of them. Okay. There's the Supplier Clearinghouse. There's WeBank, which Michelle has indicated already. There's the NWBOC, National Women's Business Owners Corporation. And there's the, and I'm going to get it wrong, the Minority Supplier... Development Corporation. I think John, I got that wrong. And, and MSDC, yeah. National Minority Supplier <laughs> Development Council. That's right. You're going to learn more about acronyms okay. doing this process well, than anything These quasi-governmental else. bodies, <laughs> they, right. they love them. Okay. So, Michelle, Rachel gave us a good overview. You are a direct participant. What was it like for you to go through the process? We set up the company knowing that we wanted to be a WBE. Why? And Sorry to interrupt be- you, but why? <laughs> You're so forward-looking. Um, one of our clients that we already had at the time, um, we already had to submit and compl- at, the, after, at the end of every project what percentage of our work was completed by WBEs, and they were always looking for a certain percentage, um, not just WBEs, minority, the whole group, So the subcontractors the whole, that you were using. Yes. Okay. And so... We had that plan, so we went ahead and we set it up 51%, 49%, um, but we did make an error in that I believe I was secretary, treasurer, and my husband was president. Ah. So we went through the process and did not talk to Rachel first, uh, and were denied. Um, and so then I had to go back and find out, well, what trumps a president, and it's a CEO, because so, <laughs> <laughs> um, he was not going to give up president. Okay. Um, so all the husbands out there, that's make sure you uh, you can still be president. Yes, she just that needs sounds to be good. The I'm the president. Exactly. Yes, yes. Um, yes, Mr. President. So um, unfortunately, you have to wait a year once you're denied. Oh, really? You do have the, you can, um, I can't remember the correct term, but pre- pre- petition um, and see if they'll accept whatever your reasoning is for what 
for what they're denying you for. Um, but no, we had to wait a year. And in that time, I met Rachel and had we went back and made some other changes. As an example, we adjusted our trust. So my share of the ownership of the company is in a separate trust because uh, it, it originally fed into our family trust, and that is not um, how they want to see it because wow. it, it needs to be at separate 51%. Um, so there's certain things like that. It's worth taking the time to meet with somebody ahead of time, especially if you know you're going after a client that wants this certification. Um, so the second time around, we were um, certified, and uh, we still get to. Um, so we're president and CEO. Okay, and, and it works. All's well. All is all's well. well again. Yeah. Yes. So, so, John, has it been your experience on the other side where companies are coming to you saying, "Man, I'm going through this process. Can can you can you help me out or give me direction?" Oh yes, we we experience that actually quite a bit um, at our at the company I work at. We have a supplier diversity group. It's it's a small but very mighty group. They're an extremely helpful group of people. Uh, within their staff, they have people who specialize in WBEs and oh, wow. Native Americans and other minority ownerships and service disabled veterans and so forth. And so we offer out the service of just helping people navigate the, through this circuitous process that, that Michelle was just describing. Mm-hmm. And it, we find that generally um, it, it produces two results. One, the getting through the process seems to be a little bit shorter when we help them. And then two, we get the benefit of having a new supplier on board who has at least a good bit of loyalty towards us for the help that we have provided. I would think. Rachel, do you want to add anything to what we've been saying? I, I, I thought I saw maybe a thought there that... No, that's fine. I, I was going to say also at the utilities, they, they will help once you are certified go go into and find the right yeah. departments it sounds a little bit through that. sounds a little bit like a maze i mean not not well-intended organizations but they have certain requirements and you've got to follow the process right i mean they're being audited and watched too so it can't be it has to have integrity it sounds like they certainly do if i could jump in and add one thing uh back to an earlier discussion that we had sure. relative to the publicly uh, the public utilities, excuse me, in the state of California, the water, the telephone, the electricity, and so forth, uh, there is actually some regulations, some law that governs the fact that we must have programs, mm-hmm. and that's General Order 156. So if folks wanted to go and research that, they could go and have a look at it. So and that's that program, from the state? That is uh, part of the California uh, regulations, okay. yes. Is the federal government also uh, taking a look at this as it relates to uh, utilities? They, they may be in other areas, but uh, okay. it hasn't not affected utilities. us, okay. uh, at least not C- up till now. Because I seem to remember uh, if you do business with the federal government, they're also looking at your distribution of business, right? In, in February <coughs> excuse me, of 2011, the, the feds... SBA issued a woman-owned small business certification. Okay. Okay. And um, that was after uh, five years' worth of study that identified, let me see if I can get it right, that 89 NAICS codes were underrepresented in federal contracting. And so there are set-aside programs within some of the departments of the federal government for WOSB. So you could be a WBE and a WOSB and an economically disadvantaged WOSB. Okay. Again, this 
alphabet soup of certifications and departments, etc., that you need to become familiar with. Mm-hmm. Right. But right. One, one of the, uh, if I could jump in and add Please. one other thing, uh, one of the one of the things that we find is that we really should uh, have our supplier community reflect the demographics within our service good territory point. and that, that's simply good business to do it that way that is that's good com- being a good community citizen too exactly. isn't it? all right we're going to take our second commercial break here and when we come back we're going to continue the conversation about women business enterprise certification don't go anywhere ladies and gentlemen we'll be right back after these words from our commercial sponsors <laughs> UPS Protection has been protecting systems in the U.S. against brownouts, blackouts, and poor quality power for over 25 years. We provide power protection systems, including UPS, lighting inverters, generators, and service for clients from coast to coast. We specialize in solving all your power needs. As a direct reseller of the best brands in the industry, including Liebert, Powerware, and APC, we can solve all your power protection needs. Protecting your power is our main goal. We offer on-site or depot repair of our critical equipment. To better serve your budget constraints, UPS Protection also offers both reconditioned and new products. If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Critical Mass for Business is committed to helping you make better decisions. These are groups of peers running businesses just like you, providing a great sounding board to test ideas and concepts, review plan and goals, and present issues and opportunities for discussion. The result is improved strategy, accountability, people, and execution skills. If you are interested in learning more, go to www.criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Successfully navigating the changing world of public relations and digital marketing requires an experienced, tenacious, yet gracious team. In business for more than 20 years, Orange County-based and Company delivers big agency results with personalized service. For more information, call us at 714-536-8407 or visit us online at tnco.me. And welcome back to this edition of the Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, streaming line on, live on octalkradio.net. One of the things that we were talking about during the last break was the length to which the certifying bodies will go to ensure that you meet their qualifications. And Michelle was mentioning that they actually came out for a site visit. Can you give us a little background on that? They scheduled, once our package was submitted, um, they had reviewed it, and before they, t- they don't tell you if you're approved based on the paperwork you submit until they come out for their site visit. And after the site visit, you find out whether or not you're approved. Um, They want to see that a woman is actually managing and running the company. And to do that, they look in your files. What documents have you signed? Have you signed lease agreements? (laughs) Wow. Have you signed? You're just uh, sitting in the big chair in the corner office, huh? Do you you sign checks? Are you on the account to sign checks? Um, They really want to see that you are running the company, that you're not just... uh, 
at home and um, your name's just being used. Right, which would seem like a scam that some entrepreneurs might consider. Yeah, I I do site visits for the NWBOC, and a few years ago I went out to an aerospace manufacturer, and the sister was supposed to be the 51% owner and the the president of the company, and she had the receptionist desk. (laughs) Jesus. You went through the whole process. (laughs) Yeah, which was was funny, right? Uh, So I politely did the interview, et cetera, and then went back and said, no. (laughs) But, you know, so it truly is the last step, but also can be the difference between the smell test right Mm -hmm. and one of the other things john you brought up which i thought i'd like to ask you maybe just to share with our audience a little bit about the supplier qualification that's that comes into qualifying a supplier in for a large corporation right so in addition to looking to see if our prospective suppliers are actually truly certified women-owned or other diversity owned companies we also have to do the due diligence of doing a technical and a commercial supplier qualification of their company. So one, on on, on the technical side, we want to see that they actually have the skills and the people and the right equipment and the experience and a track record, a resume of having done this sort of work before that they're proposing to do for us. And then on the commercial side, we also want to look at things like, well, what does their financial statement really look like? Do they have the ability to fund payroll, for example, within our payment terms? Or or would we, in the process of awarding them a large contract, simply drive them out of business? Mm -hmm. So we do our due diligence both on the technical and the commercial side and assure ourselves that they are truly viable and that they're what they represent themselves to be to do business with us. When you're doing that, are you holding each entity to the same standard then? Absolutely. Okay, so that's right. agnostic to their other certifications. Right. That just can we are you a good supplier for us? Right. Now that said, there is an additionally a question of scale. Uh, there are small businesses and medium businesses and large businesses and even some that are very gigantic. Um, some of our suppliers are actually bigger corporations than we are. Uh-huh. But when we're looking at a smaller and medium business, uh, particularly one that's fairly new. In the marketplace, we we may very well uh, qualify them conditionally, and perhaps the condition might be no contracts more than $250,000 or some other number so that we know we're not setting them up to fail in the process of awarding them business. Sounds like you're almost trying to protect them as much as your own organization. Absolutely. Yeah, there's, there's a liability for us in getting it wrong. So if we start out on a large construction project or even a, a medium or small construction project and the supplier fails in the midst of it, there's a real problem because we've got deadlines and regulatory commitments and so forth that we might be trying to meet by doing that particular project. That's interesting because as you, as you were explaining that, I was thinking, you know, I guess my personal uh, bias coming into this is most of these companies are going to be small companies, right? And maybe that's why the program started to sort of help the smaller companies get a foot. But is that necessarily the case? Are are women-owned businesses that are certified that way, are they traditionally smaller companies? I would say it's uh, not 
not quite that that cut and dry. Okay, we, we've got s- some uh, women-owned, particularly construction companies, that have quite a bit of of uh, capacity and, okay. and size and financial grunt behind them. Okay, you know, one that you might recognize is um, Arizona Pipeline. Mm-hmm. You'll see their construction trucks all over the country. Okay, um, and I think they're well over a hundred million dollars in size, and it's it's a second generation owned now female owned and run company, hmm. um, and that is one of the things that I am seeing um, is that second generations are going to women as often as they are going to the male side. So when that family is going to turn over a business and become woman-owned, it makes a lot of sense. That's interesting, um, If yeah. their market is the right market to become certified and continue to grow. And that is a company that then can show performance because they've been doing this work for a whole generation right. and now we're in generation two. Okay. And and when that happens, the the certifying bodies understand that previous to the change in ownership, they weren't minor women owned, etc. It was they passed the as long as it's today that way, right? As long as it's today that way. Do you have a daughter, Michelle? I need to ask. You have any any daughters at all in the no, business yet? I, no, I have four sons. Oh, so. <laughs> they better get married to somebody you like. Because none of none of them are um, actually showing interest in the company right now. Okay. So well, perhaps but, perhaps I'll have a daughter in law that'll there you take go. Over. Right? Yeah. Well, that that's encouraging though that businesses are. Being being passed on Absolutely. to having a son and a daughter. I'm glad that we're finally coming up to recognizing that either We're recognizing one. talent as opposed talent. to um, male or female just right. having to take the male in the role. So, John, you, you talked about a couple different ways that companies could get certified, a disabled veteran, and, uh, a Native American, a woman. Any of those harder to find than the others, or are they all pretty challenging? Well, they're difficult to to identify and it's a circuitous process to qualify them as i mentioned earlier but we've got quite a a cadre of suppliers out there now that we oftentimes repetitively go to and perhaps issue them work in an entire region uh, to work for us so we've We've had a, a supplier diversity program, you know, for decades, and it's now really starting to bear fruit. W- one of the neat things is our suppliers helping us, our, our, our large suppliers who aren't DBEs and suppliers who are, helping us in meeting our goals. So within our program, we have very aggressive goals for all types of diverse business enterprises, including women-owned. And we work, as I said earlier, very hard to meet those goals. And sometimes the the suppliers are innovative enough to go and help us and boost up our spend in an area that we might be weak in. So are are you saying, to to Michelle's earlier example, where people were looking at her to see how much of the subcontractor she was giving out to different, do you also get credit for a supplier that's working with you whose subcontractors are uh, are diversified businesses? Yes. Do those roll up then through you? Yes, they they do. So we might, uh, let's say for an example, Michelle um, had a contract with us and, you know, she knew that we were looking for spend in another category, such a, not a, a woman-owned business. And if she subcontracted with such an entity, then we could shave down the percentage of spend with Michelle's women-owned company and take credit for the spend in another category. Excellent. So there's a great deal of flexibility there. So, so Michelle, I've got to ask you off the cuff, Is this sounds like it could be a really lucrative marketing differentiation opportunity to create uh, some differentiation for you that actually benefits your client in a big way. Have you found it to be that 
I mean, you talked about Target, which is very exciting. But are you finding that 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 is the case? That now that you you got your ducks in a row, there there's opportunity for you with these larger corporations. There's definitely opportunity. Uh, as I said before, just having the certification, it's just that extra step above that maybe another contractor that has all the same qualifications doesn't have. Um, and we also one of the benefits too is not only are we available to large national corporations, but I have access to other subcontractors, and I've developed a couple of relationships with some great companies that are subcontractors that work for us now that have upped our percentage. So now the clients we already have who want to see minority women business enterprises being used, um, they see us increasing our percentage participation, and it just encourages them to use us on more projects. It kind of is a snowball effect. Right. Um, Now, I'm I'm unclear. Do those subcontractors have to be WBEs as well? Not necessarily. Well, we fill out a form that basically has everything listed, all of these different diversity certifications. Okay. And so they want to see just across the board as many as they can Disabled veterans. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's not unusual for a company like Michelle's to create their own diversity (laughs) outreach program. (laughs) It keeps trickling down, huh? it keeps trickling down. And the bigger that some of these women business owners get, they're creating their own outreach to add to their supplier diversity. Wow. um, That in turn, when they go to a larger corporation or a public entity, Right. Is um, it's it's trickling down. We we actually do include it in our um, marketing paperwork. Our percentage, average percentage participation by sub- diverse companies um, is is just a marketing another marketing tool. Right, and you found that that attracts those co- subcontractors to you as well, then, right? Because they want to put their wood behind your arrowhead, right? Exactly. And partner with you. Yeah. Okay, great, John. Is there something I, you want to add? I would I would add to that that. Within the community of the, the regulated public utility companies, there's quite a f- friendly competition going on <laughs> every year to see who is achieving the most diversity spend among them all. And there's sort of a pretty good bit of bragging rights available for winning that competition every year. Okay, so that's interesting. And and this may, I don't know how this will set with my audience, but this feels like this is a good application of a government regulation to attempt to change behavior by providing incentives or rewards or at least oversight, right? I mean, you're benefiting from this, Michelle, so obviously it was a good idea for your business. Mm-hmm. Rachel, same thing for you. Uh, John, you're, you're seeing it from a slightly different perspective, but for me, this sounds like this is a... This is a smart application of a regulation. It would certainly seem to. Like I said, the Metropolitan Water District has said by expanding this diversity, this base into diverse businesses, we've seen a 25% reduction in costs. I'm sorry, reduction in costs. That sounds like a good thing to me. Right. Right? Better service and reduction in costs. Got to be a win. Right. And and then the diversity piece is the icing on top of the cake, right, from a community perspective. Uh, yeah, I'm a supply chain guy at heart, and, you know, sure, if I can get the same amount of stuff for less money, we'll do that all day long. And if that comes from a diverse supplier, so much the better. Uh, see, we're getting into basic economics and business here as well. Same amount of stuff for a little less money. All right, we're going to take our last commercial break here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to wrap it up with a strong finish. We'll be right back in just a few minutes. Let's face it. Not all company challenges are the same. 
which is why strategic market intelligence can help identify the actionable information you need to be more competitive. Gain a better understanding of your brand, competition, best prospects, or new product opportunities to generate greater revenues in 2015. Call 949-357-9547 or visit www.strategicmarketintelligence.com. Are you ready to tap into the power of social media to promote your business? It's easy to get social with Turn Up the Volume, the award-winning social media marketing professionals who know how to get results. Drive web traffic, boost sales, get social today. Visit www.turnupthevolume.com. That's turnupthevolume.com. Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show, streaming live on octalkradio.net. This is one of our special roundtable conversations. We have three people who have deep knowledge in the area that we've been talking about here today, which is Women Business Enterprise Certification. And Rachel, could you? how long does the WBE certification last? Your certification is renewable annually. Okay. And particularly if you have a change in ownership or management, the process might be a little more stringent than just turning in some forms and paying another fee. Okay. But it's good for one year. Okay. And then just renew it. Is there ever a we want to come back out and do a little more extensive audit, even though you renewed it? WeBank does it every three years. Is that right? Yes. And is that a little more intense then? Or can't, can't be as bad as the first one? It is completely redoing the entire process. Oh, it is as bad as the first one. <laughs> three years. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Well, it's probably for good reason they do that. Well, yeah, because there is change in ownership and there is change in management. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so maybe a wife can still be on or the woman can still be on all the paperwork, but she may not be in the office anymore for whatever reason. Um, so it, it is completely redone every three years. Th- these kind of things sound like stuff that, unfortunately, these certifying bodies learned only by seeing how people took advantage of the system. And so they had to, okay, now we have to put that gate in there. We have to put that gate in there. Like, they probably don't want to have to do all this stuff, but people have proven to them that if they don't, it doesn't work. The urban myth out there is that all of those, you know, there are lots of people who who faked it, who have certifications that aren't real businesses. But in the last ten years of the um, the site visits that I have done, it's only that one sister who was sitting in the receptionist desk that okay. um, I really had a problem. I mean, that was obvious, but right. it's it's rare these days. The women really are running these companies and managing them in every regard. Yeah, because I, I could see how that would be yeah, an urban myth and people who maybe want to poo-poo the idea that it's really they're able to, not to, not to be disrespectful, but I, I could see how sometimes the old guard would find this a little bit of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Definitely. It, I think that you almost have to go above and beyond and you definitely have to perform just because you have a certification 
you still had better be able to to do the job. Right, because it seems to me that you're under more of a microscope, John. I mean, it seems to me, well-intended or not, there's a lot more eyes on these awards to these set-aside businesses. Definitely true. In, In the regulated world that I come from, there's a great deal of oversight one of the things that's been a kind of a blessing to us is the increase in computing power and so we we now have less jeopardy of doing something silly like not reminding a, one of our diversity suppliers that their that their certification mm-hmm. period of mm-hmm. 3 years was just about coming to an end and if they wanted to continue you know doing business with us as a DBE they better get at it Right. So it, the computer is helping us do the heavy lifting now these days. Yes. So, is uh, Rachel, is it is it your professional opinion helping companies to qualify that this is a increasing interest in the marketplace, or um, are there more women that are coming to you now to get certification because of reasons like Michelle and John have said, or is it still an education of? Because it sounds like maybe a pot of gold is too strong of a term, and I get that you got to be a good supplier, but I mean there there seem to be such powerful programs and good people who want to help you. It sounds like it's well worth the effort. It, it truly is well worth the effort, but the effort to certify is just the first step. Right. That the next step is marketing yourself with your certification, and then earning the business, as Michelle has just indicated with with Target. It's so. It is just one arrow in your quiver that might open a door to give you an opportunity to bid on a job that maybe you would not have had an opportunity to do before. Right. Well, I don't know, Michelle, in your experience, how would have Target found you if you weren't in that database? Would they have come to reached out to you? Well, we had already been trying to market to them for about five years, and they hadn't. So okay, <laughs> so maybe it, not. Right. But it also it gives you just another... Um, direction to come at so it, and it also i think legitimizes us when you see that okay they have the certification so they found us there but oh wow look we've seen their name come across our desk and so you don't you don't quit marketing you don't assume that because i have the certification everybody in the world is just going to come to me right it doesn't work that way you do have to there's what um WeBank has a web link that you can go on and register it has a list of all the email addresses for all these national corporations that you can go on each corporation's websites and register your company so oh, okay. when they go looking they have easy access to you but it's a lot of work you, you can't just get your qualification and go okay come to me yeah let the phone start ringing exactly. baby or whatever yeah. the, let the email start flying mm-hmm. text messages start coming in okay well that, that only makes sense if you put all the effort and time into getting the certification that you should then put the energy and time into marketing it right? correct all right. So, John, from your perspective, are are you finding, and is 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 it your experience that it's easy to find these companies, are, or is it still a work? It sounds like it's son of a work in process, even from your perspective, with the databases and all the rest of that. It it is a work in progress, and the certifications are obtained, and they sometimes expire or ownership changes. So it's it's a moving target. Um, we we work very hard at it, and we have a very robust database of qualified suppliers and so we're we're in pretty good shape at, at, at the utility industry i would say okay so let me ask you this question then let's say um uh, a, a new business just gets their certification and they come to talk to a diversity manager at a company what what should they be prepared to discuss uh, well generally i would say that they would need to prove 
that they are a diversity supplier, women-owned supplier, or, or other other owned supplier. But they also have to bring their marketing and sales pitch and their ability to network. Um, as we've been saying here, they have to win the business. So becoming a qualified supplier only gives the opportunity to compete for a client's business. It never guarantees being awarded business. It has to be won right. on, on a competitive playing field. Does it ever make up for a difference in price? A difference in price? You know, say, well, these are pretty close. This one's a little more expensive, but it's a WBE. Is there any any credits we can give? Has that ever happened? No, that, no, we can't do that. We're looking, we're looking really at the total cost of the offering. Okay. Uh, and when we go out and do procurement, it, it has to be the right business deal for us. So no, we don't uh, we don't do that sort of. Okay. I guess you'd call social engineering. Yes, you. Yeah. Uh, that's not a goal of, okay. of the regulatory program by yeah. any stretch. Okay. Uh, we we have to let the let the chips fall where they may when suppliers compete for our business. But okay. that is very much another one of those urban myths that people believe that um, you're going to get a five percent or a ten percent leeway because you are certified or okay. um, that kind of thing, and and that persists in the marketplace. That misunderstanding persists in the marketplace. Um, but again, slow but sure, some of these things are going away. Yeah, I would agree with you. I mean, that, that myth, if you will, or the urban legend existed much more 15 or 20 years ago than it does now. And it, so things are improving. There is better awareness. How long have these programs been around? Ours goes well back into the 80s. Okay. All right. So th- these are well-tested and oh, yes. senior and, okay, successful. And sounds like they've gotten more energy maybe recently. I don't know. But it sounds like with whole diversity departments and programs and competition, it sounds like there's focus on it for large organizations. Well, I think particularly for women businesses, the last 20 years has seen an explosion of the yes. number of women businesses. And the perception that women businesses are secretarial services or um, sole CPA firms, etc., is changing dramatically. Uh, here, here, Michelle representing contractors, um, like you said, lots of manufacturing kinds of things. It, it, women are in all industries these days, and that has changed dramatically over the last twenty years. Okay, so let's final question, easy one. I would hope for each of you. I'd like you to give your website where someone who's listening to the show live or maybe on iTunes as a podcast can find you. So. Rachel, let's start with Tricircle Financial. How does someone find you? Well, there it is. www.tricirclefinancial.com. Oh. All spelled out. Tricircle Financial. Okay, no hyphens or anything. No They're all hyphens one or tries. anything. Not in the website. Okay. No. Got it. All right. Uh, Michelle, how do they find you? www.acrbuild.com. Okay, so what does ACR stand for? <laughs> ACR is Andrew Connor Richardson, our two youngest sons. Oh, she's the sweetest. Aww. <laughs> but you have four, you said. Yeah, the elders weren't too happy about that. <laughs> I was going to say, Mom, what's up with that? You can't even blame your dad because you're the CEO. All right. John, how do we find the, the Institute for Supply Management? We are at ismoc.org. ISMOC. I-S-M, Institute for Supply Management, Orange County, so ismoc.org. Okay, did I misstate it? If I did, let's forget it. You got it, perfect. Okay, let's move on then. Uh, I'd like to thank Paul, our engineer, for engineering this roundtable with three wonderful guests and our producer, 
Joan Park, who helped put this thing together, as well as Asia Celestino, who's our social media manager. I'm your host, Rick Franzi. Until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your business decisions will move in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show, focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi. 